Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me is ESPN Quick Info's George DeBell. Uh, we're both desperately trying to work out what we can talk about after a day, which uh, started rather comfortably for England, uh, had the inevitable collapse. Um, uh, a few top-order wobbles for New Zealand before the two most experienced uh, players in the team got together and saw out the rest of the day. The question is, if this game was allowed to, to drift, if it was a timeless test, how many days would it take to actually reach a natural conclusion? Uh, George DeBell will be back in England by the time that would have happened, I believe. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. Oh, oh. I've got quite a long flight. It's 18 and a quarter hours to Doha. I didn't know aeroplanes had enough petrol, and now you're going to look at me as if I'm not sure they do either. And that's not going to help any. Uh, what's the story of today? I mean, let's uh, to, to look back at the day. 56 overs. Joe Root, Joe Root. Yeah, well, we'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, 56 overs without a wicket, without a sniff of a wicket, apart from uh, when Joe Root went to 200 and tried to run out Ollie Pope. Then... And you're never too far away from an England collapse, if you can call it a collapse, from 455 for five to 476 all out. I do think there was, that is a little bit of a, more than a blip actually, because England certainly wanted, I think, to leave them 150. It would mean that we come back tomorrow and New Zealand would still have a deficit and they don't really. It's only about six. Uh, two wickets at the top of the order. Ravel's series lurched from one disaster to another after he didn't review an LBW after hitting it. Um, but New Zealand uh, steadied the ship. That's the catchphrase they use when Williamson's at the crease, don't you know? 37 not out, Taylor 31. Uh, the deficit is just six. And in all likelihood, even if there wasn't rain forecast for tomorrow, day five, and there is... Um, we're looking at a draw and a series win for New Zealand. We are. And I think it will be the first year that England haven't won a series since 1999. Which sounds really bad, doesn't it? But the very different World Cup experiences in 99 and 2019. Look, I don't think England could have had a better day, actually. In terms of performance, in terms of results, of course, things could have gone slightly differently. But I don't think England could have played much better today and when you talk about that collapse well what happened is they tried to force the pace on a pitch that is poor it's poor mm. you know, if this is an entertainment product 
then that is a shocking pitch. And uh, people will say, oh, it's old-fashioned test cricket, you know, you can't moan about it. Well, there's no one here. There's no one here. If we want this sport to be viable, and if you take out the travelling England supporters, there's a couple of dozen people here today, uh, and that is not sustainable. And the reason it's not sustainable is because New Zealand are creating these pitches and they'll kill test cricket. Well, if New Zealand cricket were here, they'd probably point to a host of result pitches that they've, um, they've, they've created over the last few years. Yeah, they would. They, they get results in the end, like Mount Monganui. But as I've said, I think to you before, a rock fall could be quite dramatic. It could be good TV. But a thousand years of erosion that call it, cause it aren't good TV. And I don't think the end justifies the terribly attritional means. And I, I just don't think this is conducive to getting more people to watch cricket. It's not conducive to modernity. People aren't, gonna, people aren't watching this. You know, we love cricket. I, I do this for a living. We've seen a lot of test matches. These, these are very, very dry prosaic days and I don't think they're at all good for the game I really don't but you know the, the players are faultless they couldn't have done more both sides uh, Joe Root's done brilliantly but his skills have mainly been denial discipline concentration are they things we want to are they are those things you turn on the tv to say let's watch Joe Root not drive let's watch Joe Root leave the ball and let's watch him nudge another single off his hips because that's all you can do on this slag heap of a wicket it's very very disappointing and I think it's quite a short-sighted strategy from New Zealand in that they've got five days of gate receipts or four days of gate receipts great I don't know how many people will fly the 12,000 miles next time to come and watch this because it's not good entertainment and I've tried not to say it all tour been sort of building up to it haven't I a couple of times Mm. but basically this has probably been the worst series I've ever covered in my career. And how long have we done it? 20 years or something? I don't know. I, very disappointing. Oh, look, I'm, <clears throat> I certainly wasn't going to say the end justifies the mean, I, means. I did at the Bay Oval. Um, but that really should have been a draw. Really. English, English should have scored more runs in first innings. New Zealand did score 600 in their first innings and that should have been it. Um, I've seen worse series. Go on. Uh, England versus Pakistan in the UAE. 2015 when Shoaib Malik scored 200 in the same match that Alistair Cook scored 200 because um, uh, that had no fans as well no well that's true but that's a fairly unique circumstance because of the terror situation where Pakistan couldn't play at home at the time but the, the, the issue with um, that series I think had there been a stumping taken England could have won a game. Adil Rashid almost won them a game. Uh, I don't know. It's not a question of the result. The reason I'm saying this today is it's a a day when England have done really well. Mm. Okay? And so I hope it doesn't sound like sour grapes. And also I've got New Zealand nationality. And I really, you know, you don't go and watch England abroad necessarily expecting them to win. It very rarely happens. Uh, I just think that the West Indies went the other way. It's a very poor series of the West Indies, actually. And this last time, when they beat England... Uh, is with both a Dukes ball and a more lively wickets. I know they've used Dukes balls in the past, but they have much more lively wickets. And it was really, really entertaining at times. And I just think you've got to be aware that it is an entertainment product and you want people to watch. And it's so specialist, the entertainment we're seeing here. I mean, if you put chess on TV, some people will watch it and some people will love it. But I think we get into that sort of level 
of entertainment here. It is so slow. And they're such brilliant players on both sides. you just got to give them the canvas on which they can express themselves. And, you know, Joffre Archer being given that wicket again and again. It's not just Joffre, it's all of them. And, you know, I asked Tim Southey yesterday, didn't I, would you rather bowl with a Jukes ball? Well, of course he would. It's just, it doesn't really help anyone. It doesn't help the batsmen, it doesn't help the bowlers, it doesn't help the spectators. Um, it feels churlish to complain because this is a wonderful, welcoming country. But I really think their strategy is damaging and damaging test cricket. Added to that is, of course, because I was sitting here watching this and I was thinking, what England need is an X-factor bowler. Actually, they've got one in Joffre Archer. Um, New Zealand don't have an X-Factor bowler with Trent Bolt out. Um, maybe you could argue he's not quite of that standard. Uh, but they do have Neil Wagner, I suppose. He took another five first, so it is possible to take wickets here. It was interesting, though. You asked him, what is the secret of your success? Uh, and let's uh, just hear what he had to say. <laughs> uh, I wish I got the answer for you. Um, yeah, I, I just said it earlier on the pitch. Um, when things happen for you, it sort of happens for you at times as well. Um, I thought I was a bit lucky today to uh, get the rewards, I guess, in the end of the day, um, where all the other bowlers bowled pretty well too and grafted the way. And um, it sort of just came my end and ended up getting a couple of wickets, which is uh, quite nice and, and pleasing and satisfying in the same time. But uh, I thought, you know, um, all the bowlers bowled really well with not a lot of luck. and. Not a lot of rewards, and um, I've said it before, and I think I said in the mountains sometimes swings and roundabouts with us as a group. We we aren't as a pack and um, bowl really well in partnerships, and um, lucky that it sort of came our way. He was being, uh, you know, he wasn't going to take any credit, but he actually had a point, didn't it? The way to take wickets here is just to bowl a lot of overs. Yeah, he's brilliantly fit. Uh, no, he he deserves a lot of credit, but t- today, I mean, that's his fourth five for a row, and I think mm. all those tests have been in New Zealand. They haven't all been wickets like this, but the last two definitely have. And uh, today, to be fair, he came on where England were trying to up the rate mm. on an impossible surface on which to do that. And he got the, you know, he got the 10 and 11 out, having a swing, didn't he? Joffrey mm. was trying to hit him for six back over his head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, he, he was being extremely modest, but also there was a, a bit of truth in what he said, that he had a bit of luck today and that all the bowlers deserved the wickets, but he got them because he was bowling at that time. Uh, but he, you know, he deserves a huge amount of credit. Uh, and there are, I think, a couple of things England could learn from him. And there are a couple of things. One, uh, he, when the wicket's flat, he tries to bowl quicker. I've, I've seen a couple of bowlers do that. Zahir Khan used to do that. Mm. When there was nothing happening, he went up a gear. A lot of bowlers go down a gear, bowl within themselves, bowl dry. It's, it's an interesting strategy. He also, he does have quite a lot of variation. He goes extremely wide on the crease. He can swing it a bit. Uh, he does bowl the bouncer a lot. He doesn't particularly mind if he leaks runs. He's quite happy to get, you know, caught fine leg or cover or wherever. He doesn't really care. Uh, and he is fantastically fit. And, the, and these are all, you know, really good attributes and things that England could learn from. But I, I don't, you know, Chris Wokes has had a super game with the ball. Figures don't particularly, particularly show. I think England have, have played really well here. Uh, he was also part of the lull of the day, Neil Wagner, for the second day running, actually. Yeah. When Joe Root stepped away and absolutely creamed a pull shot that went straight yeah. back at the bowler, smashed him, yeah. absolutely smashed him. And uh, actually, let's hear what he had to say about that. Um, yeah, he, he, I don't know, but I asked Joe, I said, did you get all of it? And he said, had it pretty well. Um, 
yeah, I was just lucky it wasn't out the face with the head. Uh, it just had the foot and it's sort of one of those things that hurts at the time, but you sort of just jump back on it and keep going. And um, yeah, I guess it's the nature of the game. There was a collective gasp when the ball, I mean, it was like a, a shot coming yeah. off. The, Joe Root middled it and it cannoned into Wagner in his follow through. As you said, if it hit his head, it might, we would, it certainly wouldn't be low of the day. No. He didn't even flinch. He didn't even rub it, but he says it hit his foot. So at the time, I thought it hit his knee or his shins or something. Uh, I mean, you could hear it everywhere around mm. the ground. I thought it was a broken leg. It was that bad, wasn't it? But he says it, uh, it hit his foot. He didn't rub it. He just carried on bowling. <laughs> I mean, there is a bit of um, affable, admirable insanity in that man. Uh, uh, maybe you need that to be a bowler here. To well, a long here. list of fast, mad bowlers, essentially. Yeah, but that... Yes, but what you find is some of them go missing on days like this. And he does have an incredible heart. I mean, he does. He has physical stamina, but he also is mentally just that little bit inside. A little bit like Darren Goff was way back for England. That he seems to love it. Uh, and, you know, as a captain, you would love to have him in your side, eh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when the ball's gone flat and you've got 20 overs to the new ball, I couldn't think of anyone in world cricket. Um, fast bowler I'd, I'd rather have in my team to be honest mistake of the day uh, well Jeet Raval he's had a stinker isn't he yeah yeah, he has I mean uh, you would think they'd have to let him go before going to Australia but I mean so, so what happened is he, he, he looked for all the world to view a plumb leg before to Sam Curran very early in the innings was it Curran's first over and uh, replay suggests he got a big inside edge on it and had he called for review he would have been reprieved but it seems that his mind is so scrambled at the moment that he, he doesn't really know what's going on. And it, he, he looks like a walking wicket right now. Well, you can imagine Mitchell Stark um, wanted to bowl to him. He is in the squad for Australia. They've already named it. They've only got one backup batsman, Tom Blundell, who isn't an opener, I don't believe. I was sitting in the press tent here where we're broadcasting now. Athers, Mike Atherton was two seats beside me. When Curran went up for the appeal, he just was incredulous um, that the bowler was even appealing. Really? Yeah, he, he absolutely had said that was, he'd hit it. So, um, yeah, surprise all round. But uh, An- it, Another good decision from Kuma Dharma, not Cena. At moment of the day, Joe Root reaching 200 whilst trying to run out Ollie Pope. Actually, let's hear what he had to say about that because he's got a little bit of form, hasn't he, Root? He ran out Joe Denley during the summer. Um, let's hear what he had to say about that moment. Well, I, I felt quite comfortable with the bottom edge off. Yeah, I knew that wasn't going to hit the stumps because of the angle that he was, he was coming from, but the run out was a peculiar one. Sort of looked up and he, he was trying to do the right, right thing, I think, and he's backing up quite heavily, and I thought he'd just set off. So I set off, and then he paused, and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like Michael Atherton at Lords that time. Um, but um, thankfully, he missed the stumps, and it's not, it's not a big deal. He had a few smiles on his face, actually, Joe Root, today. There was um, a ball that kept really low very early on that um, Tim Southey was bowling. Big smile on his face. And that was as happy as I've seen Joe Root in a long time. He's, he was enjoying himself today. And even when he nearly ran out, Ollie Pope to reach 200. Again, smiles all round. There was a, an apology. And then, of course, the moment itself, you know, reaching his third double ton. Um, and his longest innings as well for England so showing the team what he expects from them I suppose and to have Ollie Pope alongside him he spoke about Pope they've got to learn from their captain don't they because he's shown them all what 
he requires from them. Burns went some way to do that yesterday, and Lonnie Pope did the same today. It feels like progress. I don't think yeah. England are going to be able to force this into a victory because, uh, for a start, the, the pitch is incredibly flat, and secondly, the weather's against them. But it feels like progress. And we've got to remember, haven't we, that they only changed their method of playing, you know, uh, in cricket terms, nine days ago. And it feels like they have learned a bit, even from the first test in Mount Mongadui. And here we've seen several batsmen play the way that they were asked to play. And most of those that didn't, actually, were got out. So, you know, I thought Joe Denley got a decent ball. I thought Ben Stokes got a decent ball. So, which, which is fair enough. I mean, that will happen. Uh, but the fact that Rory Burns got 100, you know, that two men got 100, that England have got their highest test score for two years, or the best part of, that all these things have happened, you know, two or three big partnerships, it, it is encouraging. It feels like progress. And they're not going to get this, this win, I don't think, but you never know, I suppose. Uh, and yet, I think it will boost the ball on the plane home and before they go to South Africa. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, what did you Google during a boring bit of today? No, Wi-Fi was down all day. So uh, I was trying to write player profiles for some of the New Zealand team. And I was trying to... For Crick Info? Yeah. Because so Daryl Mitchell, Mitchell doesn't have one, does he? I think you'll find he does. <laughs> he does now. Um, I Googled... It's not very good. It's not very good. Uh, but... I Googled a long read on what it means to be French Chinese. Why? Because uh, I've often wondered what it's like to be French Chinese. What is it like? Well, I found out today that, you know, 90% of Chinese immigrants in Italy come from one city in China on the, never eat shredded wheat, on the East Coast. And this port city is famous for its emigration. And the majority of Chinese immigrants all over Europe are from one part, one city in China. It must be rubbish. Well, yeah, but actually, it isn't even that rubbish. Well, why does everyone leave? Well, I don't know. That maybe that's next week's. If a city's famous for everyone leaving it, it does not a great recommendation for the city, is it? Well, didn't you always think that you know immigrants will come from a, you know, maybe a lot of rural areas in China? I mean, all over China, essentially. But no, they don't. You could exaggerate the amount of time I spent spent dwelling on that subject. <laughs> hey. And also, do you know which European country has more Chinese? immigrants than any other well I think I'd probably say Britain the clue is in the article France ah yes I, well there we are I'm, I'm, I'm a wiser man and also is Britain in Europe I, I don't know I suppose it is right now isn't it hey what, there was a moment I found a bit disturbing well you know the Barmy Army song for Sam Curran go on well it's come 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 what's the what's the sort of middle eight bit of that I haven't quite. I was reading about French Chinese people. Every day is like survival. You're my lover, not my rival. There's about 40 or 50 quite large Barmy Army men telling Sam Curran that he's their lover, but not their rival. I mean, it's in some ways an admirably open, modern relationship. But it just seems a bit disturbing that poor young, young Sam Curran. I, is it a welfare issue? I found it a bit disturbing. <laughs> well, he was 19 when he made his debut for England. That's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Teenager. He's 20 now, so that's about right. About <laughs> right for what? Most of them are in their 60s and 50s. What are you talking about? Anyway, hey, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, they sang it all day. Sam Curran, he bats and bowls, he bats and bowls. He's a lover, not my rival. Yeah, I don't know. A bit weird. 
Not at all. Okay. This is modern modern Britain. Or it was. It's a lament. Anyway, uh, we'll be back following day five. It's going to rain all day. Uh, England will bowl New Zealand out, though, in that first session within the first 45 minutes. Chase down the 23 runs they need to win the game. And uh, we'll be looking back at one of the most historic victories in the history of Test cricket here in New Zealand, which uh, brings us to the end of this following on podcast. Subscribe and review ACOST, iTunes, Spotify, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.